You're listening to New Life Washington Podcast. We pray this sermon encourages you and builds up your faith. It's our goal to help you live so that no one misses the grace of God. Enjoy the sermon. We are continuing a series this morning. It's called Refresh. And uh, what we are exploring is we're exploring the Sabbath and, and how God has designed rest to be part of his plan for us. And I know we don't like it, right? Some of us really like it, but some of us, man, let's just be honest, right? We love to work. We love to show our worth through what we do. So it's hard for us to take a break. It's hard for us to lay down. It's hard for us to take a day off. It's hard for us to do those things because we want to show our worth by what we do. But as we've been going through this series, we've been talking about why it's part of God's design for us, how it forms us as Christians to take part in this. And, and I'll be honest, How many of you would say that this has been hard for you? Because I'll be honest, it's been hard for me. It's been hard for me at times to apply some of the things that we're learning here, to apply some of the things that we are getting into because we're making it a little bit deeper in our hearts than we have in the past. And, and for me as a pastor, it was really easy for me to say, yes, I practice Sabbath, but anytime a phone call would come in, right, I'd, I'd jump on it, you know? And, uh, and, and it was easy for me to do that, and I felt eventually the negative benefits of doing that, right? I felt my health and my mental health declining because I wasn't taking time off. And I realized along the way that I needed to do what God had asked me to do, to take a day of rest. And when I did that, I've noticed the benefits. I've noticed that God has been helping me. I've noticed that God has been refreshing me. I've noticed that some of those benefits have began to take place. So, so me being honest with you, know that you can be honest as well. And if it's been tough, that's okay. Right, we are working on this together. We are moving slowly through this and trying to figure out how to apply it to our lives. And we've been doing that little by little. But what Sabbath is, is it's our ability to cease. It's our ability just to stop and to rest and to say, no work today. I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on family. I'm going to focus on resting and refreshing. But more than that, what we've said is that this thing called Sabbath is not God's way to punish us, right? It's not God putting you on time out. Anybody feel that way sometimes? Like, oh, I'm on time out. You know, it's Sabbath day. Can't do anything. It's God rewarding you. It's God gifting you. It's God helping you. It's God giving you something that is so vital to our lives, this thing called rest. So let's stop looking at it like a punishment, like you're on timeout or something, and let's start looking at it like a gift. This past week, we talked about how it forms our identity. You say, Jesse, how does that form our identity for me to take a break sometime in the week? What well, forms our identity because so often we build our identity based on how hard we work, We build our identity based on how much money we make. We base our identity on so many worldly things. But what the Sabbath does is it says, hey, on this day, I'm not going to build my identity on anything. I'm going to rest. I'm not going to work for it. I'm not going to do anything. And some of you retired folks are saying, well, I Sabbath every day. It's lovely, right? It's the best. And that's okay too. But God uses the Sabbath to form us. And today we're going to get into a, a little bit deeper because there's another factor here. Yes, it, we can build our identity on Christ and Christ alone when it comes to the Sabbath, and it helps us to do that. But one of the things that it also does is it forms us 
to trust the Lord, to trust the Lord. Sabbath helps us trust the Lord. Can, can you say right now, God, I trust you. Ready? Let's try again. One, two, three. God, I trust you. When you are practicing Sabbath, that is what you are saying. God, I trust you. I trust you to come through for me financially. I'm not going to work today, and I trust that you're going to provide for me. God, I'm not going to work today, and I trust that everything that needs to get done is still going to get done, even though I'm not doing anything today. God, I trust you. God, I trust you, God. And, and so often we use overwork as a badge of honor, but you know what overwork and not taking a Sabbath says? God, I don't trust you. God, I don't trust that you're going to provide for my family. God, I don't trust that you're going to take care of my business. God, I don't trust. I don't trust, God. And it's not a badge of honor. It's something that I've had to work through. And these are things that, as I said, I'm working through myself. But it's something that we need to dive into. So Sabbath, it forms us in trust and it restores us. It restores us. So not only does it help us to trust the Lord when we do it, but something happens where we become restored. And we'll get into what that means here in a little bit. But what trust is, is it's confidence or reliance upon. Confidence or reliance upon acting in alignment to promises or the character of someone. So you're saying, Lord, I rely upon you. I'm confident in you. All of us have had to trust in something every single day, right? As a big fella, right, I have to trust in chairs to hold me up every time I sit down, right? And sometimes you don't have a whole lot of trust in the flimsy-looking ones, you know? And, and so, but, but the reality is all of us trust our car to work. When we get in the car, right, we trust that you're going to turn, you know, the key and it's going to start. We, we trust that when we, seriously, when we sit down, it's going to hold us up. We seriously trust, right, so many different things. But do you trust the Lord? Do you trust the Lord? Do you rely upon him in that kind of way? And as we work in this idea called Sabbath, hopefully what begins to happen is your trust grows. Your trust in the Lord begins to flourish and you begin to grow and you begin to trust him more. But today we're going to be spending some time in Leviticus, okay? And I know when I say Leviticus, you say, is it, is it nap time right now, Jesse? Seriously, Leviticus, right? That's the time usually in about February, March, where I stop reading the Bible in my Bible plan because boring, right? Well, we're going we're gonna to get into Leviticus, and you're going to enjoy it this morning. But Sabbath helps us live out our true identity. Sabbath forms us and trusts us and restores us. Leviticus 25, 1 through 7 this morning. It says this. It says, The Lord said to Moses, at Mount Sinai, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I am going to give you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. So let's just stop right there. And if you guys want to go ahead and turn here, I don't think we have it up on the screen. But Leviticus chapter 25 verses 1 through 7 and what I want you to see real quick is 
the Lord's wanting the land to take a Sabbath day? Isn't that, isn't that weird? Like, Lord, the, the, the land, seriously? But let's figure out why. Why is that happening here? So the Lord says to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land, I am going to give you the land itself must observe a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years, sow your fields and for six years, prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a year of Sabbath rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows of itself or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, your male and female servants, and the hired worker and temporary resident who live among you, as well for your livestock and the wild animals in your land. Whatever the land produces may be eaten." So are, are you catching this? Basically, in that day, how people fed themselves is they were farmers, right? They farmed. So for God to come and say, hey, by the way, um, I don't want you to do that for a whole year. I want you to give the land a break for a year. I want you to give the land a Sabbath break. It would be like those of you who are farmers, God's saying, hey, I don't want you to farm this year. And you're like, how am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to put food on the table, God? How am I going to do this? And it was a practice of trust. It was saying for this year, Lord, our whole dependence and our whole trust is in you and you alone and nobody else. Our trust is in you, Lord. That's the only way we're going to make it through this Sabbath year. That's the only way we're going to have food on the table. That's the only way is if you do it because we're not planning anything this year. It's only what grows on its own that we're going to be able to eat from. It's only what happens on its own. And year by year as they practice this seventh year Sabbath thing, guess what? God provided for them. God took care of them. God blessed them. And they learned to say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. I trust that you're going to provide for us. I trust that you're going to feed us. I trust that we're going to be okay. And they practice this seventh year thing. This was life or death. Your livelihood and your security. And he's saying, don't plant this year. Don't do anything this year. They had to trust that God would provide. And it's difficult. And going back to that idea, right, we deal with this every single week. And I've used the Chick-fil-A example before, right, but at some point they had to decide. There's all these businesses that have the advantage, right, of working seven days a week feeding people. But we're going to do more and we're going to do the same with six days because we're going to honor the Lord in the Sabbath. We're going to honor him. And I think God has blessed Chick-fil-A tremendously for that decision, right? They're able to put a lot of business into six days and give their employees a day off and practice the Sabbath. But God has blessed them tremendously. And I'm telling you, there's a blessing that comes on your life when you begin to put into practice the principles that God has given us. There's a blessing that comes upon you. There's something that you begin to live out. One of those is that you learn to trust the Lord we're all going to be blessed from that. 
But one of those is that you get restored and you get refreshed, which brings us back to the next part of this. So we're going to jump over here to Leviticus chapter 25, verses 18 through 22 this morning. And what this says is it says, Come on, count off seven Sabbath years, seven times seven years, so that the seventh Sabbath year amount to a period of 49 years. Then have the trumpet sounded everywhere on the 10th day of the seventh month, on the day of atonement, sound the trumpet throughout the land. Consecrate the 50th year and proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee year for you. Each of you is to return to your family property and to your own clan. The 50th year shall be a jubilee for you. Do not sow and do not reap what grows of itself or the harvest, the intended vines. For it is a jubilee and is to be holy for you. Eat only what is taken directly from the fields. In this year of jubilee, everyone is to return to their own property. So once again, lots of words here. What in the world does this mean? This is very different from the culture that we live in. But what this is saying is that every seven years, right, they would have the Sabbath year where the ground would rest. But every 49 years, every 50 years, what would happen is they would have a year of jubilee. And what the year of jubilee meant is that everybody who had land that, let's say there's a family that's going through a difficult time. And they say, man, it's been so tough. We have to sell off our land just so that we can make it. And suddenly the land that belonged to their family for so long, they've had to sell it off. And they're saying, we don't have anything. Why, what are we doing? Like, man, this is tough. And when that 49-year window comes, what this is saying is that that land goes back to them. That everything that they owned before that they had to sell off because they were having a difficult time goes back to them. God restored their possessions to them. So this is everybody. Everybody who had sold off land, they got that land restored to them. Not only that, but if you were a slave in that day, let's say you had some um, debt to pay, so you said, hey, I'm going to come and work for you, and I'm going to work this debt off. And they say, well, you're going to have to work 100 years. Well, when that 49 year of Jubilee came, what would happen is they would set all the slaves free, and they would say, you can go back to your families. They were set free. They were restored to freedom. Beautiful thing. So everybody loved this year of Jubilee, unless you were the landowner who bought it from somebody else, right? Because then you lost your land. But the principle here is this idea of God restoring back to us what belongs to us. The idea here is God restoring to us who we really are, right? Our identity is restored back to us. We are no longer slaves. We are no longer Uh, you know, go down the list, right? We are no longer these people who have had to sell off our property, but God restores it back to us all the way across. And it's a beautiful thing. And we could say, Lord, Jesse, how does that apply to me today? Well, when you practice Sabbath, God restores you back to yourself, who he intended you to be, who he created you to be. He restores you back to you. And I don't know about you, but I've had seasons where I need to be restored back to myself, where I'm not quite acting like me. And God needs to restore me back to myself. And through the Sabbath, he's able to do that. He's able to restore you back 
to yourself. God has the ability to do that. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing that he does in us. So what the Sabbath does is it shows us where our trust is and it forms trust in us. So let me ask you that question. Where is your trust? Is your trust in your job? Is your trust in your home? Is your trust in your things? What is your trust in? Is it in all these things or is it in God? Because it's easy for us to put our trust in everything around us. And I think what we found over the last couple of years is that this world is so flimsy, right? Suddenly there's supply chain issues and there's problems and there's, man, there's a, there's a sickness going around the world. Like, like we're all trapped in our houses, right? It's like this world is so flimsy. And if we're putting our trust in something so flimsy, we're going to be disappointed again and again and again. But when we put our trust in the Lord, he never disappoints. He always comes through. He always takes care of us. So let Sabbath form trust in you. Let Sabbath do a work in you. Let God restore you through this idea of Sabbath. But as we continue here, we see that God restores things. He restores us back to who we're supposed to be. But as we move on to the New Testament, I want, to, I want us to read this here from Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. And this is talking about Jesus and how Jesus is almost this fulfillment of the Sabbath. He's this fulfillment of it. Because what it says is it says, He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So, so let's go back. Every seven years, give the land a break. Not only that, but year of jubilee. Let's set everybody back to freedom. Let's give them everything that was taken from them. Let's restore them back. So, so what is Jesus here saying? He's saying, I'm the fulfillment, I'm the ultimate jubilee, right? I'm the one who sets the captives free. I'm the one who restores people back to who they really should be. I'm the one who gives true rest. I'm the one who gives true life. I'm the one that you can trust. And Jesus is saying, I'm the fulfillment of the Sabbath. I'm the fulfillment of this. And if you want true rest, and if you want true restoration, and if you want true life, come to me. Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. You can trust in me. And Jesus is saying here at the end of this passage that I am the fulfillment of these scriptures. I am the true fulfillment. So what should form in us is trust in Jesus. What should form in us 
is this idea that when we get close to him, that we are being restored when we are practicing Sabbath, that restoration is happening in our hearts. And it helps us to let go of those things that we're holding on to that haven't been given to us by God. It gives us gratitude and it helps us to be more generous because we know that everything that we have, it comes from him. So Sabbath forms in us trust and it restores us. So let's begin to live it out. Let's begin to practice this thing. Over the last several weeks, we've given you reason after reason. We've been building a case as to why you should be practicing Sabbath, as to why you should take this practice seriously. And I think by now, you should be sold. You should be sold that this is a God thing. You should be sold that this is something that's helpful, beneficial, that it's something that'll change your life. So let's dive in together and begin to practice if we haven't already. Thanks for listening. For more information about New Life Washington, check out our website at newlifeonline.org. God bless.